Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rex. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got them screaming D-Lo, KC, D-Lo, KC, D-Lo, KC, D-Lo. We got them screaming D-Lo, KC, D-Lo, KC, D-Lo, D-Lo. Number one spot, we a number one spot for some sports, huh? Got the city going crazy when we work, huh? We top two, but we ain't two, we in first, huh? And when you need the real, we is who you search, huh? D-Lo, KC, D-Lo, KC, D-Lo, KC, D-Lo, we a number one spot. Kenny's mad about something already, I don't know what. We throwing Jesse's got an early technical. All-star vibes are in full effect. What's good, baby? We in here on this Friday, February 16th. I'm Damian Barling. The ultimate needle mover in God bone himself. He's Kenny Caraway. Yes, sir. Acknowledge me. What's wrong, man? I saw, well, this isn't what uh, has me upset, but Jesse getting a technical before the show started reminded me of a clip I saw yesterday, a high school playoff game. Nowhere around here. I don't know where it was at. But the team, last second game, they try a shot or whatever. The Let's just say the home team wins, mm-hmm. right? They win the game. It's over. They jump off the bench or have time. One of the players goes and uh, hangs on the rim in celebration. And the refs call it technical foul. When the they, game was over? Yes. Technical foul. They're up one. And I didn't see the rest of the video, but I'm Wait a minute, we don't lost. know what happened? I'm assuming they lost. Throws and I, you can't get the ball, but two free throws. That's the craziest thing. Game's over. What the hell? This is why you, referees piss. That? that actually does off now that I think about it. I don't see how you can uh, – uh, I don't – that doesn't make sense. That ref shouldn't even be able to work at a footlocker now. Well, For real. Well. Ridiculous. But that wasn't that pissing me. Well, okay. Watson's going to join us in about 15 minutes. He says he's got a surprise for us. What? Um, Mark Jones is joining us later in the show. The Louis Vuitton Don. Uh, Joe Davidson's here. Uh, Dam is back with us. But what's 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 troubling you? Nah, man. I was just on uh, on Twitter. Oh, and that's once a good again, place to get pissed off. That's once funny. again, uh, just all these videos just circulating from. I don't know if it's inside the NFL or somebody just has the whole game mic'd up from this Super Bowl because there's just new stuff every day. Yeah, it's like, what they, the hell's going on? how it works. The whole game? All week? Yes. Like, the whole game. So you got the whole game mic'd up? Yeah. No, they, you do. We can watch that. No, I do. We, I we, don't. We can watch. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know where this stuff keeps coming from. Well, it's coming from. Okay, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. Every, I, I every damn You're day. Right. It's I a have, new clip I have of somebody no mic'd up. 50 years, I have no where it's coming from. What, You're right. What no, I'm no. saying is, how is there no, Inside the NFL comes out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Why is there new clips coming out on Friday? It's because they don't have new content to create. They've got to spread it out here over the. The, the show already came out, so any that's not, what are we talking about? This is what I'm saying. Like if if, okay. if right, the All Star Game, no, no, the All Star right. Game mm-hmm. plays on Sunday, mm-hmm. we all watch the show. We mm-hmm. all watch the game. Mm-hmm. That's like new footage from the All Star Game coming out on Thursday. Mm-hmm. No, we the show's already ran. You're right. You're right. Why is there new stuff? You're right. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I feel your frustration. Buddy, let me warn you. Do not put on NFL Network then. Oh, yeah, I'm ready to cancel that. No, that's fine. I'm ready to cancel no. that. I don't need NFL Network. Maybe just stay off Twitter. Uh, I'm, look, I got a job to do. Got a job to do. 
promoted my job. But anyway, all right. They have a clip of the infamous fourth and one play. Okay. Fourth and one overtime. Everybody in the world mm-hmm. is saying Patrick Mahomes is keeping the ball. Mm-hmm. I said it to my nephew. Shout out to Julian. Sitting there saying, hey, he's keeping the football. He's keeping the football. He's not giving it to Pachenko with the legacy on the line. Video footage comes out. Mm-hmm. Behind the scenes, mic'd up. Trent Williams on the sideline. Hey, watch the QB keeper. He's keeping it. Mm-hmm. Watch it. Mm-hmm. Plays ran. Bosa runs a 4-140 to Pacheco <laughs> for whatever reason. And Patrick Mahomes keeps the ball. We all know what happens after that. He runs for the first. No, I think, yeah, he ran for the first. Mm-hmm. Now, four or five yards. Mm-hmm. So I've said this a number of different times. Like Nick Bosa. You Like we all know what's going on here. What are you doing? What are you doing? Right? Getting a little like, yo, what are you doing? We all knew what was going on. But Nick Bosa should have known. Nick, Nick Bosa absolutely should have known. Okay. And this is not a heel term, but this is this is a microcosm of like, all right, you want to be the coach, then coach. Steve Wilkes got to get in their ear. I knew it. Trent Williams knew it. Everybody in the damn world knew it. That's part of coaching. Yes, Nick Bosa should know. But if I'm the coach. If I'm Steve Wilkes in that situation, I'm getting in Fred Warner's ear because he's got the the green dot. Say, Fred, Mahomes isn't handing it off. Attack him. Attack him. Attack. Make sure everybody knows. Attack him. It's part of coaching. It's part of the job. So people want to have all these crying uh, emojis and think pieces about Steve Wilkes. That was the game. And I need him as just as much as I need Nick Bosa to know the hell what's going on in the situation. I need my coach to coach. I need him to coach. Everybody, everybody knew that. That's it. Okay. I'm sorry that these videos keep coming out. Well, do you know what they do? You know what they do? They piss me off. And if there's one thing you don't want to do, it's piss me off. Don't piss me off. Your country accent is so bad. It's so bad. But you're, you're right. Twitter is pissing you off. And Jeff, I don't think he was country at that time, though. He Jeff? still he still had the guitar, Jeff but he Jeff was more. From, he's from Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, but he was. Or but Nashville, he, Tennessee. Nashville. I think. But he was more like. He wasn't like. Uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, at that point. No, he had he, he had kind of grown out yeah, of that. But, but he's he still always, had the he's guitar. Though, Tennessee too. guy. Like yeah. I, I'm not. I didn't mean like the country singer J E double F. I meant he's from Tennessee. And look and look at uh, Elias here. <laughs> if only KC protected Wilkes like he does Shanahan. What do you want me to protect Wilkes from? I just told you how he's supposed to do his job, and he didn't do it. If I was the defensive coordinator at that point, we'd be at a parade yesterday. Because I would have told him, he's not handing the ball off. Do not run after the running back. If Trent Williams was the defensive coordinator, we would be at a parade yesterday. Because he knew. I was like, I just lost Kenny's volume. And then I looked over and Jesse's doing his best to adjust the... Making sure we don't peak. I got you. So, Elias, Elias, shut the hell up. It's Friday. I thought we had gotten this all out. Man. All right. Is there anything else? Is, no, did anything right make you happy today? No. no. I don't know. I mean, the donuts. Don't don't know what's good. Don't, there's yeah, still well, pizza in the fridge? Hey, there's pizza. Yeah, have some pizza. That pizza's good. Get you some pizza. Like, you know what? KSFM comes around. Take all that pizza home. You, you and Reese and... Casey, just and take Ryan? the fridge home, bro. Yeah, it's all. It, 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 take it all. It's you like, two, don't patronize me right now. Okay. Well, I don't know what to do now because I wasn't ready for that. We used up all our Friday vibes. We, 
You just you you are the anti Mason Jones. No, That's what you are. Literally, you're the literally. vibe killer. Two two minutes ago, sitting here, and that comes across the timeline. <laughs> Why didn't you close it? Because I wanted to see what Trent said. Well, Trent. Do you feel what, better now that you Trent, know? Trent said what everybody said, except for apparently Nick Bosa and Steve Wilkes. Casey's villain origin story is just inside the NFL it's, clips. Bro, that is facts. I'm also just going to do a quick Google search here because I remember this existed. <sighs> uh, I'm trying to find the old Double J Don't Piss Me Off t-shirt. <laughs> Can we, we create didn't something he, like that for Casey? On oh, the there it is. Didn't he, didn't I got it. it. Didn't, he put it on the, uh, didn't he put it on the guitar? Yep. <laughs> Yep. Are you gonna start putting the women in the office in figure fours like he did? Like Stacy Kaufman just gonna walk by and you're gonna slap the figure four on him or hit her in the head with a guitar? You know what I saw today? Kimberly comes walking by, just <laughs> popped in the head with a guitar. What, I, what I'm not gonna do, but what I saw today, I guess it was like 20 years, maybe 15 years, something like that, since uh, <laughs> since uh. Randy gave Stephanie a RKO. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> and then Triple H and Hunter comes face. out. His mean face. What are you doing? And that was I, some good acting, though. I, that was a good acting by Randy. I came across that because I saw that Stephanie McMahon was trending this morning. I was like, oh, no. what? Why is she trending? <sighs> okay. So I saw it and was like, oh, all right, and kept scrolling, scrolling, and then saw the clip of of the RK. Was that the was that the first bump she had taken or something like that? No, nah, the Rock Rock bottomed her. Yeah. Uh, I think the first bump she took was at that crappy WrestleMania 2000. I was at. Did she where get the Rock gave her the Rock bottom? Did she get caught when Randy Orton was in his punting face? I think that's what happened to Shane. I think, yeah, Shane he had, had punted punt, Shane. Yeah. yeah, I feel like Vince might have gotten. Might have gotten the the R, the the RKO punt to the Randy Orton. Bro, Randy Orton was Adam Vinatieri everybody. <laughs> that though. was crazy, bro. That was crazy. I don't know why that was such a monumental moment. Then if she didn't, uh... no, that was far from her. And then the, the the funny thing about that whole angle is it was just root. And then they had like a wrestling match. <laughs> they went to WrestleMania and like this blood feud. They had like a wrestling match. Didn't like RKO? Didn't he break into Triple H's house or did Triple H? Triple break H broke into, into his house. Oh. Walked in with a sledgehammer. I would have called the police on that man. You can't walk into my house with a sledgehammer. You crazy? And then WrestleMania comes around and you got a collar and elbow tie up. Like, all that was, right, they main evented it, right? Throw someone off the top of a hell of a cell and let's keep it moving. They main evented after I Hunter, think so. um, Taker and Sean, right? Because it stunk. I feel that's like. right. That might yeah. be right. Yeah, yeah. take all the air out yeah, of it. Well, if Hunter's wrestling, he's going to main event. Uh, Kyle Matson joins us. He says he's got a surprise for us. Hmm. I don't know what it is. We'll find out. Stealing with KC brought to you by Sky River Casino. Hopefully, hopefully things look up after this opening segment. Uh, whatever. Things are never looking up. Well, either way, Stealing with KC on ESPN 1320. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay. We're back here. Kyle Matson of the Insiders jumping back on with us. Kyle says he has a surprise for us, so... Just, just also, Man, on, just, just a quick heads up. Just tread lightly, because he's really fired up about. He's still upset about things that happened last weekend. As we navigate this conversation, just be careful, because the slightest thing could set my guy off. So I just want to put that out. You saw there. something that pissed me off. No, we we, we went over <laughs> that for like eleven minutes. So it's, it's well. Good. I mean, I know that. You know, we're more than we're almost we're almost a week removed from the the what happened mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. at Allegiant yep. Stadium last yep. Sunday. Yep. <clears throat> um, Kenny, I'm I'm sorry. I told you I'd call you on Sunday. Uh, wasn't feeling up to talking. Well, that's fine. I wouldn't um, have picked up. And um, and I figured if I'm gonna if we're gonna like talk about this at all, uh. I probably need some help doing so. Um, so I'm going to phone a friend mm. if that's okay to, to help me oh, kind of get through this. And, hey, uh, hey, hey, that's, that's gotta hey, be that's look, gotta be Peterman. Look who's back. Well, I'll be there. It's it's like the <laughs> night after WrestleMania 14 when X-Pac came back to form the new DX. Yeah. It's just like what that. The- What's up, guys? How That's are you? It's gotta be Peterman. Chris Peterman is back. <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah, he's in the house. Oh, I like this. Yeah. Candlestick Chronicles. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Please do. Great YouTube. podcast. Uh, search Candlestick Chronicles and uh, subscribe to the channel. Anyways. Well, this made me out. Yeah, um, well, I don't know. They're asking <laughs> questions. What the <laughs> hell are you talking about? What are you doing with him? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so you guys is, don't know what none surprise. of these drops means. No, no, you guys don't know what any of those drops means. That's that's what makes it funnier. Yeah, it's, it's just wrestling. No, and it's stuff, good. You know? That's right. Yep, yep. That's that's that's. So, right. anyways, this is Chris Biederman's music. I, I like that. Yeah, we missed you, man. What's up, big dog? I miss. I've missed coming on, man. It's been it's been far too long. I always enjoy seeing you guys at Kings games. Obviously, I see and, and talk to Kyle a ton, but. Um, to, to get back on the air with you guys, uh, it's always awesome, man. Yeah, you've hey, been in hell for the like last few months, into, so it's good. Sacramento. I see this guy at G-Unit concerts. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where I see Chris Peterman. Let's just, I mean, you know what, let's just rip the bandit off. Chris, why do you want to trade Domas Sabonis? Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> well, hey! Oh! Man. Oh! <laughs> I have never said, I've never said, I want to trade Domanis Sabonis. Okay, not, let, you're, you're right. Come on, Kyle. Point. Grow up. Let's 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 do this the right way. <laughs> Chris, why do you hate Domanis well, Sabonis? Well, that's, <laughs> that's a better question. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, so I, I like Domanis Sabonis. He's obviously a great player. The numbers he's putting up, historic, right? Um, the question I would have, and man, you guys are really throwing me to the fire. I'm really <laughs> myself with the audience. Chris is like, I'm going back to 11. I'm going back to 1140. This is way easier over there. The fan. No, man. So the the question I would have is, are you going to feel good long-term about paying Damana Sabonis 40 million a year? That's the only question I would have. And I don't know the answer necessarily, but I look at the list of dudes making, you know, 35, 40, $45 million a year, the max guys. Just about all those dudes are guys that, you know, 10 seconds left in the game, you're down by one, you're trying to get a bucket from that guy. And Demonis Sabonis, as good as he is offensively and what he does for your rebounding and and all of those things, just not just hasn't proven to be a bucket getter. And maybe he can turn into one. 
Um, but my question is like, my question would be is paying a max guy who's really like really ex exceptional on one end of the floor and less exceptional on the other, on other end of the floor. Is that going to hurt you long-term? That's all. That's I'm just asking the question. I'm not saying I want to trade him. I'm not saying signing, signing him to that contract was a bad idea. I'm just saying, if you look at what happened in the playoffs last year, if that's, if he's not going to play substantially better in the playoffs this year, like they need him to, then, you know, $40 million a year for that guy is, is a little bit questionable, but thanks, so here's, Kyle. Really here's, appreciate you starting me off. This no, time. so, so here's, here's, gotcha, here's, Doc. here's the thing with that. He has to have the opportunity to fail in the playoffs. Like, it's like he's not being sure. afforded the opportunity mm -hmm. to fail. And then I'd make a comp and Jesse, if you could jump in on this, is Jalen a fair comp to this? Because Jalen obviously can get a bucket, mm -hmm. but in a in a in in the final seconds of a Pistons game, or excuse me, in the final uh, seconds of a Celtics game, <laughs> you're going to Tatum. Yeah, you're going to Tatum more times than not. It's no different than in Sacramento. Like De'Aaron's going to have the ball and he's going to control everything. If he sees a world where Domas has a shot right there, he'll make he'll make sure Domas gets it. Mm -hmm. Domas isn't going to take the ball and create the final basket. De'Aaron's going to do that. I don't think that's terribly uncommon. No, it's it's not. But if if he's like he's going to have opportunities from 18 feet where teams are going to gap him and just play all the Kings shooters and leave him wide open for a jumper. And is is he going to be confident in a big moment to take it and make it? Hmm. That's my right? question. like that's, that's the question I have too. And and again, this is I'm not saying he he's incapable or that he won't do it. But that's just my question after after watching the playoffs last year. I really feel like the playoffs are overblown. Like what, what I, I know. the way the way he played in the playoffs We're was, alone. was yeah. really overblown. I'm not saying it was great, but people talk about that like he averaged four points a game, <laughs> four rebounds. The guy no. the guy the guy had a better um playoffs than Bam out of bio. And nobody's mm -hmm. no no not one person. We'll say anything like that about Bam, who's probably going to make forty million dollars a year as well, as well. Mm -hmm. But nobody will talk about Bam this way. I mean, because I don't talk about but, the Heat. I don't follow the Heat and watch the Heat. Well, I mean, the the people who do won't talk about mm -hmm. Bam this way. And nope, you know who else they won't do it with? They they you going you going to Siakam at the end of a game? Because <laughs> Siakam's about to get. But these are a bag bag from Indiana. That's probably a mistake. But these are also, no, I, I mean, Bam especially. I don't know so much about Siakam, but you're talking about elite defensive players. I mean, like at least. I mean, I don't know. all right, that's cool. They're, I thought we were going to talk Niners, man. I don't. I didn't want to come on my here. Bad. I did. have this bonus conversation. Hey, third and four, <laughs> Kenny. Trying to bum everyone. I'll be completely honest. I had forgotten about uh, Chris Biederman's hate for Demontis Sabonis. <laughs> I completely but, forgot uh, until Kyle brought it back. Uh, but I'll ask this: I though. do not hate Domas. Is Domas? I, do, I don't hate Domas. I don't want that to be a thing. Is Domas an elite offensive player? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So, what are we talking about? Bam Bam is not an elite offensive player. He's an elite no, defensive player. Not. Sabonis is not an elite defense player. He's an elite offensive player. I think if you yeah. had Domas by himself, well, it would be problematic. Yes. But you don't. You have right. De'Aaron. He's part of a duo and that makes it that mm. makes it special. And the the thing is the thing is is it will have a lot more information when the Kings play in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Right. We don't have we don't have to try to pretend like we know the answer right now yeah. because you know whether whether we're overblowing or whether I'm overblowing how he played in the Warriors series or not. There's the sample size is going to grow and we're going to have a better idea. Of how no, like we're we're having fun, man. But it's okay to your Chris Biederman yeah. is a broadcast journalist. Absolutely, he's asking questions. And let's that's what you did uh, in Denver, Chris. Let's look at because you were mm -hmm. I think the only person on the on the road trip uh, these last couple of games. Um, I, I'll, I'll freely admit I was frustrated after the Phoenix game. Uh, and I felt probably a little bit better than I should after the Denver game. But um, what was your takeaway from from from, you know, that those those quick one, two games that had two completely different reactions uh, in Sacramento? And I'm assuming on the road where you where you were. Yeah, I'll be honest when, you know, the first quarter was happening in Denver. Um, I, I thought, you know, this might be this might be ugly. This might be a blowout because, you know, like being around the team a little bit. 
it was very clear that they needed the all-star break. Like those dudes are, are worn out. And, and one thing I think that's probably a little bit underrated when talking about the Kings and maybe some of their inconsistencies, um, the Kings deal with inconsistencies, but their stars also play every game. Right. So it's not, it's not a scenario where like, you know, they, they, De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis are, are getting backs, back-to-backs off or, you know, getting a game off every eight to ten games, right? No, they're playing every game when they're healthy. Mm-hmm. And so instead of those days where they're sitting on the bench, they might have a bad game on the floor and it stands out in a way that's a little bit different from other teams who are resting their stars, right? So it was very clear that this team um, needed the All-Star break. They've played a ton of road games lately. Um, they had the five game trip and then they had the seven game trip and then they go into the break with with a three game trip all against Western Conference playoff teams. And that's not an excuse um, because every every team in the NBA has tough portions of the schedule. But um, my takeaway was the the Denver win was super impressive, given that we've seen this team kind of I don't want to say pack it in, but just like especially on the back end of back to backs, like you think about the Cleveland game at the end of the the previous road trip, right? Like, you know, maybe it's just time to, to like, rest up, recharge the batteries, like, let's go into the second half and build some momentum. And instead, it was like De'Aaron Fox looking at Denver as kind of a wounded bird, missing Jamal Murray and, and KCP and just being like, no, I'm going to go win this game. Like, I'm, I'm kind of fed up with, with losing, like, the way they did in Phoenix and losing in OKC and not being able to close some games that, that they definitely should have closed early on in the year. So it was super impressive. And, you know, frankly, like, I thought as impressive as it was for De'Aaron Fox, I think one of the things this year, it's like the scoring in the fourth quarter hasn't been quite the same. So to, to get that scoring in a big spot from Fox, I, I think, is big. And you could just tell talking to the dudes afterwards in the locker room, like, that win really meant a lot to them because not only is it another win against a contending team in the West, but just it changed, it changes the entire vibe going into the all-star break because if they lost that game, then it's three straight losses against Western conference playoff teams. And you're, you have a week to stew on it. You know, you're probably thinking more about the ending of the Phoenix game. If you have a week to stew on a loss to Denver, Mm -hmm. right. You have more time to think about the OKC game, whereas it's a complete, it it changes the vibes completely. You're like, all right, we beat, we beat the defending champs the last two times we played them, including on their home floor on the second night of a back-to-back at elevation, all of that stuff you talk about. So it was super encouraging from that standpoint, because, you know, I woke up in Denver Wednesday morning being like, yeah, this, this game's probably not going to be all that fun to watch. And it wasn't fun to watch from an aesthetic standpoint, but it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch them respond the way they did. I, yeah. I, I was super impressed by that. And and that type of uh, like metal, like mental fortitude, um, that's what it's going to take for them to to elevate themselves among the other Western Conference teams. Because right now, like you look at their season as a whole and those inconsistencies, that's kind of been their issue. It's been like, why why isn't it like this every night? And to come back, win a game that's ugly, not a game that's 145 to 140, but like a game where both teams are shooting below 40 percent to win an ugly game like that, I think is something they really needed. And now they have the all-star break to feel feel a lot better about themselves than they would have if they went in with a three game losing streak. Uh, Chris, we we heard all the reports um, after the game of uh, the music blaring in the the locker room. And you just talked about how um, they felt really good about getting that win in Denver. You've been with this team uh, an awful lot, you know, in the first half of the season and uh, even throughout these road trips. What's the vibe you get from them as far as their closeness and togetherness and and being in this all together? Is it the same as last year? Is it a little different of a vibe? Or, um, you know, are they still through all of this saying, hey, we're, we're sticking together uh, regardless of what D'Lo and Casey are saying or anybody else, we're, we're sticking together um, and we're, we're going to figure this out together. I think the vibes are, are gen- generally pretty good. Like, I, I think not making a move at the trade deadline, like that was that was really the impetus behind that was like, we like what we got and we don't want to make a change and throw a new personality into the mix just to do it, mm-hmm. right? Because it feels like when you look at some of the guys that were moved, and I know a lot of Kings fans are are looking at, you know, Royce O'Neal types and and sort of fringe players, fringe rotation players, like, oh, they really could have used an upgrade. Like, they like the guys they have, and they expect Kevin Herter 
to be better in the second half and potentially in the playoffs than he was throughout, you know, the majority of the first half of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, They expect more of, you know, what they've gotten from the last month from Harrison Barnes and what they got in the previous two months. They expect De'Aaron Fox Mm -hmm. to um, be closer to the player he was last year. That's going to go get you a game that you probably don't deserve to win, but he's, his individual brilliance is just going to stand out in the last two minutes of a game. Like we got, like they got in Denver. So like, I think the vibes are ultimately good. I think they are a close knit team. I think they're still banking on Keegan Murray to to take another step, and and he's been banged up. and And with Keegan, it's been kind of like adjusting to a new role, adjusting to you know more responsibility within the offense, adjusting to you know guarding the the other team's best perimeter defender a lot of the year, right? Like, so he's still adjusting to that increased workload on both sides. Um, and I think that might might be, you know, the reason for his inconsistencies a little bit. And Mike Brown mentioned that Keegan's pretty banged up um, after the Denver game, too. Uh, and he definitely needs the time off. So um, the vibes overall seem good. But the, what's different overall, like from last year, is last year it was new. So, like, the vibes mm-hmm. are never going to be as good as they are in the first year when you break you end the playoff drought. And there's more of, like, a business-like attitude um, knowing that like, yeah, like these regular season cool, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter if we don't win in the playoffs where last year there, you know, we, this is all new. We have a new coaching staff, a lot of new guys. We, we break through, we bust that and we get to the playoffs. Like the season's ultimately a success, but now it's like, all right, we really contenders and we gotta, we gotta win at least one round in the playoffs. And we know that, you know, what happens on a random Tuesday or Wednesday during the regular season means much less than what it does uh, once once a, once a game start to count in the playoffs. Uh, when you talk about vibes being better, let's kill the vibes, Kyle, and um, <laughs> shift gears. Because obviously, yeah, Chris, we're thrilled to have you back. You cover the Sacramento Kings, uh, leave for the Sacramento Bee, so we'll get to talk to you a lot moving forward about the Sacramento Kings. But we got to close the door on the NFL season, and I want to be able to do that with you two here. So, Kyle, let's start with uh, – your guys's reaction to the firing of Steve Wilkes. Um, I found, I think we found the reaction to that firing very odd. Uh, mm-hmm. But you guys cover this team as closely as, 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 as my partner does. And as anyone uh, I know, so your, your, your reaction when, when the 49ers moved on from Steve Wilkes. It felt like this started in week seven with that game against Minnesota when Kyle Shanahan kind of threw the defensive coordinator under the bus for that zero blitz call at the end of the first half. And then there was the effort stuff going into the break. They talked about the defensive effort just wasn't the same. And they got blown out by the Bengals at home. And then you had the whole Steve Wilkes moving down to the sideline thing. It just never felt like that relationship quite gelled. And I think the Niners knew they were taking a little bit of a risk hiring a guy whose, whose foundation is in the secondary Excuse me, but um, I I think they were expecting that to kind of mesh because Steve Wilkes is such a good coach and he is such a good leader and players tend to like him very much that I think they thought there was enough in the good column there that it would overcome any any, uh, hiccups there were with trying to marry whatever he wanted to do scheme-wise with what the 49ers were doing scheme-wise and it just didn't quite take the way they thought it would. And that was that was why he was he was let go. I think all the stuff that he got scapegoated for the Super Bowl is uh, is is wrong. I don't I don't think that's what what happened at all. Yeah, I would agree. I th- I think it, it it just never fit right. It's not about Steve Wilkes being a good defensive coordinator coordinator or not. I think it was yeah. mostly about fit. And you know, one thing that you saw from the 49ers defense, you know, in 2019 and throughout their other years of contention with other coordinators. Effort was never an issue. If anything, it was like they're overrunning plays and they're, you know, they're not being sound in their in their gaps and they're, you know, missing tackles in the open field because they're being too aggressive or Talano Hufunga is looking in the backfield trying to make a play on the quarterback and letting somebody run free behind them for a big play. Right. Like those were the issues that the Niners defenses had previously. And to see them, you know, to, to, to have them talking about not giving enough effort in the NFC championship game, that's crazy. Uh, to me was a huge red flag. And we had talked about, you know, we had talked about to Kyle's point, Steve Wilkes' job security all the way back in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it wasn't entirely anything new. I think, you know, I don't know, 
I'd have to do like a deep dive on this, but like throughout the NFL, it's not often you hire a coach to run a scheme and not really run his own scheme, right? Like they, they brought in Steve Wilkes under the guise of you're going to run this scheme that we've been running and you're going to put your own, your own spin on it. But this is going to be largely the scheme that we've been running the last few years because this is what we've drafted players to do. This is what they're comfortable doing. And you're going to adjust to us. It's not going to be a scenario where you have carte blanche to implement anything you want. Right. So um, that was a little bit weird, for sure, given that Steve Wilkes hadn't run that particular scheme um, before. And so I'm fully expecting Kyle Shanahan to go back to. You know, whether I don't know, I don't think it'll be Pete Carroll, but I, I wouldn't surprise me at all if it was somebody who, you know, used to work on that Seattle, Seattle Seahawks defensive uh, defensive staff. Right. Whether it's Marquand Manuel, who Kyle Shanahan's familiar with um, from their time together in Atlanta and Manuel worked on the, the Seahawks staff in 2012 2013 i believe and, and he's currently with robert Sala, the 49ers former dc who's now the head coach of the jets um so to me somebody like that makes sense because for, for shanahan he's always wanted to run that scheme with the exception of when he kicked the tires on vic fangio being uh being dc a couple of years ago when he was available and that makes you wonder, like, okay, would he be open to somebody like Brandon Staley, who's a Vic Fangio mm -hmm. disciple, who had, you know, the best defense in the league in 2020 when he was with the Rams? That's certainly a question that I'm sure the 49ers are asking themselves. Um, I think given Kyle Shanahan's track record, he's more inclined to hire like an up and coming position coach who will be a coordinator for the first time or somebody who who's not like a head coach, a former head coach, and now coming back to be a DC like Bill Belichick. You could definitely make the case for it, but it would surprise me. Same as Pete Carroll. Like, Pete Carroll would make sense. You could absolutely sell it, but it would surprise me. But that's why I think somebody like Marcon Manuel or somebody like, you know, Kyle's written on NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group a few times. Um, <laughs> uh, some candidates, and uh, and I think it makes sense. But overall, like, for that, for the idea that it's like a the Niners are, are firing Steve Wilkes because they lost the Super Bowl to me, I think that's that's missing the forest for the trees. There were issues going back to midway through the regular season. Everything that you guys just said is is completely spot on. Uh, there was one point I wanted to to make, that you know, just aware of something. But before I do that, isn't Vic himself available? Didn't the Dolphins release? No, him? he's with the he's with the Eagles. Ah, oh, he went to the Eagles. That's right. That's right. Um, so before at the beginning of the show, I got turned all the way up uh, because I saw. <laughs> a clip from the Super Bowl of Trent Williams basically, you know, he's mic'd up, fourth and one play, and he's like, hey, watch watch the QB keep, watch the QB keep or whatever. I've said it a number of different times. I'm not the only one. We all knew Mahomes was not putting his season in the hands of Pacheco on fourth and one. Like, it wasn't happening. They don't do a tush push. Out of the shotgun, out no of, chance. Out of the shotgun. They don't do the tush push. They don't do QB sneaks with him. He was in the shotgun. There was only one outcome that was going to be in that play, and that's Mahomes keeping the ball. And everybody knew it. Trent Williams says alert the QB keep, all this other stuff. And maybe, I, maybe I'm, not, I'm, I'm making something out of nothing. Maybe I'm making completely something out of nothing. You know where I saw that clip at? You know who posted that clip? Hmm. Fred Warner's podcast page. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Well, Fred Warner was also the one that I always point to when they were talking about the booth and the field. Mm -hmm. Fred was the one. Yeah, you could feel it like immediately when he moved to the field. It was just different. The energy was different. You communicate mm -hmm. different. Like it was so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd put stock in that. The The Warner House podcast is what it is and it, it's not like see this guy didn't know what he's doing it was just it's like if inside the nfl put it yeah. out there like yeah. hey look at trent williams even he you know alerted qb keep mm -hmm. like watch more on inside it wasn't it's not nothing like outwardly nefarious but if if i'm fred warner and steve wilkes is my guy i'm, I'm that's not on my podcast mm -hmm. page <laughs> it's just it's just yeah. putting all right. of the pieces together right. that's all it is yeah. right and there he, was also Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa saying something to the effect of, "You know, they they ran plays we weren't really prepared for." And in the in the in the chat, Sarati says, "So that's on Wilkes." I've already said a number of different times, like Nick Bosa should know that as a player. Like if I know that, like use your senses or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. But you also have a coach, and mm -hmm. if I'm the coach, 
I'm not only am I saying that if I'm Nick Bosa, I'm saying that if I'm the coach. Hey guys, mm-hmm. Mahomes ain't passing. He's not handing off. Or excuse me, he's not handing it off. Play him. Play him. Play him. Uh, yes, yes, that's on Wilkes as well. So yeah. you, you can you I'm not even saying Fred Warner doesn't like Wilkes or anything else. Like you can have somebody be your coach, like him as a man and like him, but mm-hmm. not agree with how he, you know, went about calling yeah. plays. And that was just that just kind of stood out to me that that's where I saw that clip from. Yeah, player players have to make plays in that spot, and we talked about it on our on our post game podcast. Like, if you're Nick Bosa in that spot, I understand that you're going, yeah, I'm going to crash down, I'm going to try and stop this guy from getting a yard, but also like that awareness, like you said, Casey, knowing that hey, they're not Patrick Mahomes is not putting his his career not career but his, his like legacy, legacy yeah, in the hands of yeah, Isaiah yeah. Pacheco here yeah. like that's not so I, I I think there's it's definitely not oh yeah that's a that's Steve Wilk's fault or that's Nick Bosa's fault it's like yeah it's kind of it's it's a little bit on on both of them for sure uh Chris we are thrilled uh that you are back with us man we've got big big plans for Chris Biederman here at ESPN 1320 we missed you this season uh but we're glad that you're back home, and I'm sorry your 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 best friend, your man, the man you like you served in this man's wedding, and he brings you onto the show <laughs> and just rolls the semi over you over you uh, ten you seconds on. into the show. Well, that's a hell of a heel turn by Kyle Matson uh, on Chris Peterman right through the barber shop window uh, to keep the wrestling references going. But um, we're I'll, thrilled uh, that you're back. We're thrilled yeah, that you're I'll, back. I'll run the bus over myself. I'll, I'll, I'm like KD joining the super team. <laughs> I'm like with it. Hey, yeah. that's that's hey, that's all right. That's all right. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. We're gonna come back. Uh, Mark Jones is gonna be with us. Uh, the three best when it comes to covering the San Francisco 49ers uh, are on this screen right now. So any 49ers coverage you need. Uh, you've got right here on ESPN 1320. We'll come back. The Louis Vuitton Don Mark Jones joins us. Medilo and Casey return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. I have Chris Peterman back here with us. Great to have the guys from the Candlestick Chronicles on at the same time. Um, already looking forward to next football season. I'm not. Oh, well. So we are. At- when do you think you will be? Next don't. NFC Championship. <laughs> I don't, that is that is a, a real. Uh, I don't know if concern is the word, but I mean the Niners. Let's just say they start ten and one. <laughs> I'm supposed to be excited about them. Yeah, it's be, tough. I saw something. Excited, um, be hyped up. It might have been on PTI because it was on one of the shows that had the. Obviously, we're doing a show. I can't hear what they're saying, so it was on one of the shows that has the the sidebar. And I and I and I think it said um, something along the lines of it could have been TNT. Are we, are we ignoring the Celtics or something like that? And I kept, and I looked up at that and I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then all I thought was, well, yeah, probably because the Celtics are one of those teams where it's finals or no conversation. That's it. Like that's all it is, and that's unfortunately. For for fans, that's where the 49ers are, and and they're they're really there. like they they, at least next year, yeah. maybe you know what I'm saying. When you get in it, you know you you may feel different. You get in the middle of the season, and you know, a big game or somebody talking or whatever, you know you have fun with it. But the the winning the Super Bowl is is the last step. They've done it all. They've done it all, and they they have to bring it bring it all the way home. And the bad thing about that is you can't get hyped about that until it actually happens. Yeah. Until, like, the clock hits zero and you're winning a Super Bowl. Like, even if – I thought about it. Even if they got to the Super Bowl, like they won the NFC Championship next year, there's still going to be a level of angst or, like, subdued Yeah, for sure. Hype because it's mm-hmm. like, all right, here You got we go one again. game to win. You, you still got to do this. all that comes this, down so. to. You got one game to win. Yeah. Uh, let's bring in the Louis Vuitton Don. There Our man is. Mark Jones will undoubtedly be – broker when this conversation is over <laughs> the, the man who encourages spending where are your blessings mark jones uh, yeah hey man the ancient egyptians taught us you can't take it with you hey, so, yeah, that's yeah. what i'll talk about yeah. well see there yeah, it goes we're all on the clock guys not to be fatalistic but we're all on the clock, we're all so. on the clock. Add, gotta get it while i can yeah. add to yeah. cart 
Add to cart. <laughs> worst thing they ever created. <laughs> See, worst thing they ever created was that little fingerprint payment. You could just touch the computer and boom, boom that package right will there. be to you in two days. Like, damn. I can buy this car right now. Right now. <laughs> right now. Hey, man, worry about the car note later. You know? Mark, <laughs> what's good, man? We miss you on the call. You're not as round as much. Do you have any uh, uh, any duties in, 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 in Indianapolis this weekend? You know what? I'm, I, I wasn't able to make it this year. Uh, Indianapolis, um, taking a little decompression time with the family. Good for you. Um, so I'm just catching up on things and um, spending a little time with uh, my wife and especially my daughter, who's, um, you know, um, after two ACLs and back on the court, um, her time is kind of on the clock, too. So yeah. uh, I don't want to miss any more, man. I've, I've missed a lot of big Big playoff games and big nights, and at some point in your life, you uh, you have to make a decision to be there. So I've made a decision to be there a little bit, and it's it's been wonderful. Absolutely. It's been wonderful. Absolutely. Love it. The whole work life balance, man. Trying to unlock the whole world work life balance. You know. Yeah, yeah. You you got to do yeah. it, man. And how how's the back yeah. how's the yeah. bounce back season going, man? And you know, San Jose State and everything they got going on. How, how's that going? Going going well. Going well. Been a few speed bumps along the way, but. Um, you know, um, uh, the knee is the knee is a lot better, and um, you know there are a few uh, few girls on the team got an illness, and it kind of made its way through the locker room, and uh, like it does in all sports teams, and um, had a little uh, asthma situation. But now nah, she's um, doing well, man. Doing well, doing well, man. Hey, when you wake up, man, you just got to give thanks sometimes, you know. Yes, indeed. Got to give thanks. So, but it's uh, it's fun. I look forward to. You know, down this uh, last third of the NBA regular season, uh, being on the mic and calling a lot more uh, Kings games because uh, this is this is money time for for uh, for Sacramento and for the rest of the teams in the Western Conference, and and it's uh, interesting to see the wild swings that the Kings have had this year. You know, losing at home Detroit and then going on the road second night of a back-to-back and beating the Denver Nuggets is pretty amazing. So, how do you how do you expect? How do you explain that stuff, Mark? They've beat Denver three times, but lost to, as you said, Detroit. They lost to Charlotte. They lost to like this weird version of the Blazers too. Yeah, it's 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 strange. I do think that, you know, my my barometer is always going to be for this team and how you determine their ceiling is looking at their uh, defensive rating. You know, um, last year finished twenty fifth, twenty fourth, uh, currently sitting at twentieth, but. We're as high as I think 14 at one point, uh, but have been hovering mostly around uh, 16, 17, which I think puts them in the ballpark for a pretty decent playoff run. You know, and they showed last year in the playoffs that they were able to, you know, defensively turn it on when they had to most of the time, and um, it was pretty promising. So I think this year's team is is better defensively and you know, is deeper and has a little bit more versatility. And then at the offensive end, man, I mean, I've been, I've been amazed at the way that Mike Brown and Jay Triano have um, evolved the offense. You know, like the, the numbers aren't as sexy as they were last year in terms of points per game and offensive rating, but it's built more for playoff success. Um, when you look at what they've kind of added and been able to impact during the course of the regular season so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, um, it's been pretty good. You know, like I, I look at some of the stuff they, they put in for Harrison Barnes that got Harrison Barnes off recently. And, um, you know, the way that they've um, – the league caught up to them a little bit in the first two-thirds of the season. And I've been able to see some nice nuanced adjustments by our guys offensively to make sure that the train keeps coming down the tracks. Yeah. And I see that as well. You know, you, you talk about some of the numbers um, compared to last year and, and where there are rankings and things of this nature. And Mark, the funny thing is, it's, it's really not that far off from last year. It's almost the same, like across the board. Offense, you know, defense, some of the numbers that the guys are putting up are almost about the same. The record is even almost about the same at this point last year. The vibes feel different. And I remember last year I said, hey, enjoy the way you feel this year because the weight of expectations 
are going to change. You guys could do the same thing next year, but the expectations are going to make it feel different. Do you kind of feel yeah. like that's why the angst is what it is? Like it's just the expectations because it's almost almost the same team. Yeah, and it's a great place to be, right? I mean, last year's success is different from you know potentially this year's success. And it's it's nice that the bar has been raised to the point where, you know, the record is pretty much the same on on par on course for about 48, 47 wins, anywhere between 47 and 49 right now, right exactly where we were last season. But it just uh, it it looks different. And, yeah, you have to enjoy it, man, because when you look at nine and ten right now, that's the Lakers and the Warriors in a play-in tournament position. Um, it just tells you about how murderous and how tough it is in the conference to to win. You know, like, winning is hard. I, You know, the sky was falling after that loss at home to Detroit, but, you know, on that very same night, I was calling the Clippers game at home against um, New Orleans. And like Sacramento, the Clippers had come home from a – seven-game, two-week road trip, their Grammy road trip. And they got dragged at home that night by the Pelicans. Mind you, that's not Detroit. Uh, no disrespect to the Pistons, but it happens. And the Clippers have been arguably the best team in the NBA over the last two months, and they got hammered at home. So, you know, losing is losing, and it, it, it happens to the best of teams. And, you know, now the Sacramento Kings come back a few nights later and, and win in Denver. And, um, you know, you you've got to look at, the big picture, I think sometimes we get a little bit myopic and, and focus in on the negative. But, man, moving forward, arrested De'Aaron Fox and the version of Sabonis that we're getting right now, uh, this is a team that make, can make a deep playoff run. I really believe that. We say this all the time. The Grizzlies beat the Bucks last night. Yeah. That there stuff, you go. There you go. That stuff happens. Like, it's frustrating. But it, it, it happens. Um you know what else is frustrating, Mark, is like, how is Domas not an all-star? Yeah, it's wild, man. I uh, I mean, it's a great field of all-star players this year in the Western Conference, but, you know, I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. And then it becomes, who do you take off? Like, I would definitely say that Domas had to be on that team, but who do you take off? And Anthony then I Davis. write the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Take Anthony it's Davis off. Yeah. Cat, that's the one. You take Carl Anthony Towns off. Yeah. See, I would go Davis before Cat because winning has to count for something. And mm-hmm. uh, Minnesota has been in first place for most of the season in the Western Conference. So I think they deserve that kind of grace. And Cat Cat can ride that a little bit. But uh, Davis would probably be the one, you know. But I'll say this. Um, you know, I. <sighs> I spoke with an agent uh, a couple weeks ago, and he was in the midst of making calls to different teams so that his player would not be selected to go to the All-Star game. And this is a player who's all NBA. (laughs) So some guys don't want to go. Some guys would rather have the rest. And that's the quiet part out loud, right? You know, like, this is God bless Domas and De'Aaron right now. They've got their toes in the sand maybe somewhere, or they're relaxing and, and decompressing and, you know, getting good treatment and because uh, the, these guys go to All-Star Weekend and, you know, there's there's usually a Thursday night party if you're not playing on Thursday night and there's a Thursday night event, there's a Friday night event, there's Saturday morning uh, media, there's Saturday morning Habitat for Humanity, Saturday afternoon appearances for the league, corporate appearances, private appearances. And by the t- time the game winds, then you up. get that Jordan party invite, and it's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, you hey, can't hey, miss that. Hey, if you get a, if you get an if you get an invite to the Jordan party, that's the one. Yeah, that's, that's the one. one. Yeah. It, it, one year in Los Angeles, guys, I got an invite to the Jordan party, and my wife and I took a cab to this quote unquote secret location, which was <laughs> up at some high school in Beverly Hills, and you had to show your pass to get into the parking lot. Mm. And they had shuttle buses running people from that secret location to another uh, house up in the hills. And that's where the party was held. It was like Dang. super, like, duper DEFCON 5 Red Sea, uh, top secret stuff. It was, and the, I mean, the set was wild, man. It was, mm-hmm. it was dope. They had, they had all kinds of great music and, uh, you know, 
that's like date night for wifey and I all star weekend. It was, it was really cool. And uh, I remember uh, standing in the kitchen uh, with my wife and saying, Oh man, uh, Sarah, there's, AD's over there. She's like, oh, man, forget him. I'm, I'm going to go talk to Usher. <laughs> and that's when I really got worried. <laughs> Understandable. Like, no, <laughs> Understandable. Right, right, right. right. now we, we're doing this together. Yeah. All right, we're going together. Now, we'll go see Usher, baby. That's what we'll do. We'll go say hi to Usher. We, you and I together. Yeah. Uh, Mark, we, we always appreciate your time. I got to ask you before you go, you know, a bigger picture uh, NBA question because this guy's connected, and the way when the way I look at it is it's the pecking order is probably D Wade, Rick Ross, and Mark Jones for Don of Miami. Oh. Like that's, that's really no. what it is. It's no. that's the order. No. Mark Jones depends on the day. He might get up to number two, mm. I, it, but that's the, the that's a three right there. One thing that's Man, always. One thing that's always um... – He just recently passed Luke at number four. <laughs> hey, Luke, Luke was my old neighbor in Miami Lake, man. That's my guy. That's, that's, yeah. Well, that's probably a story for off the air. You can, you can share us the details oh, yeah. of that later. I got some I got some, there's some rainy black and white floating out there somewhere, man, I'm worried about. <laughs> 305, stand up, baby. But um, – but one thing that's always kind of baffled me because I pay attention to this stuff is how it's been like 35 or 34 years since Miami's gotten an all-star weekend. I know there's some kind of convention that happens always that, that weekend. Yeah. Is it like, is it just forever going to be there? Are they ever going to, because I'm just surprised NBA is not going back to Miami for all-star weekend. Yeah, it's been a while. What happens is the last one they had was in the 80s. Uh, when Harold Miner was mm. um, in his early years with the Miami Heat, that's how long ago it's been. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, it was early early nineties. Like, I want to say like ninety two, ninety three. Kenny Skywalker yeah. won that dunk contest. I remember that. Yes, yes, yes. Right there at the old Miami Arena yeah. uh, on the border of Overtown, and um, yeah, man, I'd love it to come to to Dade County. It's it's you know this city is built for parties, right, and good times. And um, what happens is. They have an event called the Boat Show that weekend every year, and I want to say that that's pretty much the reason why it's tough to 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 work around that. And as many hotel rooms and convention centers as we have in uh, in Miami, um, it becomes a little bit of an issue. And um, I, I'm pretty sure that's why it hasn't made its way here in a while. And you know, the NBA likes to award it um, cities that have. Uh, new arenas too. Uh, that's a little bit of a trend, right? Cause, o- almost you know, any city that has a new. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you caught that. I'm glad that, I'm glad that one landed on you. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah. I got it. <laughs> it's going to Chase. It's going to be their first time in the building in San Francisco, and then it's going to the Intuit Center in uh, in Inglewood in L.A. So uh, I don't. It has not come to Miami since. They've had, um, you know, it's not American Airlines Arena anymore, but, um, you know, it's, it hasn't come here. And, and I'm pretty sure it's all about the boat show because uh, as, as crazy as Miami and Dade County is on a, on a Monday, <laughs> it's, it's even more turned during the Oof. boat show. Um, yeah, imagine that. And this is the, the tourist season, too. So you're talking about All-Star Weekend, boat show, tourist season, uh, March break, uh, spring break for a lot of oh, college man. students. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That, Maybe it shouldn't why. go. To- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that could be problematic. I hope it does at some point. My my favorite all star city is New Orleans. To be honest with you, I mm. I love the big, you know, because you know the arenas right there, the Smoothie King Center is right there, mm-hmm. uh, the Central Business District is right there, Canal Street, the yeah. French Quarter, and the Convention Center. It's all in walking distance too. Yeah. You know, and the climate is always going to be pretty good in New Orleans, too. So, you know, because the cold weather stuff is tough, man. I go from ashy to, cl- you know, classy to ashy. It's, that's a tough one, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're not missing much. A lot of bombers lotion. No. No. Go ahead. <laughs> they they letting it snow like boys to men out there. Y'all go ahead and do your thing. We just fine right here. We, we just fine right here. Uh, Mark, we yeah. can't. We're 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 excited to hear you more on the call. The final stretch of the season, man. Always, always yeah. a great pleasure to talk with you. Real quick, Mark, you you gonna yeah. be there uh, next Thursday? Next Thursday, H- I, uh, I have the Heat game next time. Oh, oh you 
can't miss an you know HBCU yeah. night. Yeah, it's HBCU yeah. night next Thursday, man. Yeah, it's I know. I down. saw that. That one hurt. Mark, yeah. That one hurt. Hey, Mark, we got you. We'll cover whatever you need us to cover that night for you. We're, that's the earliest we're going to be to a game all year. We're going to spend the whole afternoon at the Golden One Center. I love it, man. The Sacramento Kings do do the damn thing right. I love it. I love it. I uh, that that one hurts. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, got a got a commitment that night, but um, I'll be looking for the video, guys. If you'd be kind enough to send me some, just go. Okay, <laughs> easy. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, just going to tell all the fraternities. And you know, I know Mark Jones, right? Oh, that's that's going to be our way. Mark in. Jones comes on our radio show. Y'all, know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, come on, we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> Mark, we appreciate you, man. Thank you as always, brother. You got it. Stay blessed, fellas. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 